0: Today, we've got back here on the show a popular guest who is gonna talk about her continued journey from just an office worker in an accounting office to now somebody with multiple seven-figure income streams, both from Amazon and from even Amazon coaching. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. We've got a serious seller, my sister from another mister, T. How's it going?
1: Hi, Bradley. I am amazing today.
0: Excellent, excellent. You are now, this is like, a milestone. I think you're the first person who who has been on the, the show like three times in the rotation, you know, like, you know, who's not an employee. Of course, we've had employees or Kevin King, who, you know, talk about Freedom Ticket, but he kind of doesn't count. But you're the first guest because you were one of our first guests that we ever had. And then, you know, it was like a year or so when you until you came on the second time. And then even since that second time, now it's been like well over a year since you've been on. So like you, you might be our very first guest to be on this show three times. <laughs> I love it. All right, so Tamara, you have just come leaps and bounds every time we we talked to you. I mean, the first time we talked to you, uh you were I don't know, maybe maybe only a, a year or two into your Amazon journey, and then you made a huge uh uh you know, leap uh in, in what you're doing on Amazon the last time. And so like I'm just curious about we're going to be getting into what you've been um doing lately, but just for the people who maybe didn't hear those other episodes, what can you give you like a a 2-minute life story to bring us up to at least last year's episode. And then in this episode, we're going to talk about what you've been doing the last year.
1: Yeah, of course. So I started Amazon FBA four years ago, 2017. The first year was really hard, challenging. I basically made nothing. Um, And then the Mm -hmm. second year, everything just kind of came together. And that's when I hit my first six figures in sales. And then um, last time when we spoke Bradley, that's when I did seven figures. So here I am. Now. Nice.
0: Nice. And what, do you, what was your, before Amazon, you worked in like an accounting office, was it?
1: Yes. I had a corporate office job and I worked in an accounting office and engineering and, you know, all that boring stuff.
0: Cool. 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 Uh, your life is definitely not boring right now. Um, don't you have like a, a house that has like 17 billion bedrooms and, and 13 million baths, right. That you moved into in the last year?
1: Honestly, my life is never boring anymore. I actually wish it was going back to boring because (laughs) now (laughs) I can barely catch my breath. But yeah, so I've um, we bought a new home last year. I remember when we spoke on that podcast and now it's been a year. It's crazy how fast time flies.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, Love it. Love to see it. I don't know if you follow me and all all my social media, but uh, I'm trying to Trying to, you know, I don't have a fancy house yet, but what I did was I made a helium ten basketball court at my house. I have a big property, so I have a huge basketball court now, full basketball court with a big helium ten logo in the in the middle there. So I'm trying to get on Tamara's level here.
1: I need to come visit very soon.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Now, uh, what I want to talk about is, you know, I know one, uh, you know, other than your Amazon business scaling, I know, you know, one thing that you've been scaling a lot is is your 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 coaching and and your course and things, and so. As you do that, you're interacting with a lot more, you know, Amazon sellers and students that you've helped. So, what I what I would like to talk about just for the first part of the show is maybe some of your favorite success stories amongst your students, where, you know, it's an inspiring. I mean, you yourself have an inspiring story. Like you said, you had a very boring life and working in the accounting office, and now you you've got a big house and you're making tons of money on Amazon. But what are two or three stories that that stick out in your mind of some of your students? Um, just, just our goal with this show is we want to inspire people. There's a lot of people who listen to the show who maybe are like where you were in 2017 and like, man, I'm just stuck in this job. And so let, let's give them some, uh, some inspiration here.
1: So I have one success student who is absolutely amazing. She was actually in college mm-hmm. from Australia and She was kind of like me, like when she started, everything was very overwhelming, confusing. Um, And then she got into FBA winners, which is my program, which comes with coaching and all that good stuff. In just under a year, she was able to do over $20,000 every month in profit. And here is the good part, Bradley, I literally just hired her to be an Amazon coach for my program. So a lot of the students are so excited. They're like, oh my gosh, like I was just like her. Mm -hmm. And now we have her at a whole new level. And now she's teaching others on my team. So um, I was very excited about that. She actually just started last week.
0: Nice, nice. So come full circle. Any other stories that stick out in your mind?
1: Yeah, I had another success student. Um, He is actually from California, very close to you guys. And his biggest problem, I remember was PPC. So PPC was like extremely confusing to him. And I know it's pretty confusing to a lot of newbies. out there. But it's kind of like a one, I feel like once you get it and you understand it, everything after that becomes a lot easier. So for him, after he um, took my training in FB winners, and he got his product all launched, making profits and everything, he decided to become a coach himself, started his own YouTube channel, Um, and you guys might know him, but he's been around, uh, for like over a year now. So he's got his own brand and everything. And that makes me feel extremely happy because I just see people becoming more of what they want to do. Um, not just selling on Amazon, but then spreading the word and how great it is. So I, um, I really love that story too. That story, actually, both these stories are on my YouTube channel. If people want to check that out.
0: Cool. Cool. So you just mentioned about him, you know, not, you know feeling comfortable with ppc i mean i think a lot of us uh who, when we first get started that's one of the biggest uh scares so yeah so just what are some um easy wins like like for somebody who's like you know not comfortable with their ppc and and in the past you know maybe it's like it's like the answer is oh i i definitely have to hire a a full uh a full scale agency to manage my ppc but the, the problem is you know a lot of people can't afford that in the beginning mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know uh you know the difference for me was obviously ads uh helium 10 ads and now it's called atomic so what are some things that if somebody, you know, even without having a, to hire a, a full-scale agency, you know, if they're just new, what are some things in in ads that, you know, now known as atomic that, that people can do to get to like some easy wins when they're first getting started with PPC? Like what's some either mistakes that you, you've seen people make or what's some some things that people are not doing that they, they should be?
1: How PPC works and the only way how I believe it will actually launch your product and work with Helium 10 Atomic and actually take off to make sales is it all starts with the right product. If you have a bad product, like let's say you're selling a cell phone case or um, like pens or a notebook, something that's really, really, really saturated, PPC is not going to work because um, now you're trying to compete with people who are doing crazy amounts of uh, volume. And when you launch it using PPC, it's just not going to launch properly. Um, So my advice would be to make sure that you have a good product first. And then when you watch PPC modules, I know Helium 10, um, you guys have a few good trainings on PPC as well. Um, It's more of a hands on type of experience. If you just watch PPC, for me, when I first started, I couldn't pick it up or understand it. But when I Mm -hmm. started manually going in there and putting in um, some advertising spend for my automatic campaign, and then I figured out, okay, what do I do with an automatic campaign? Okay, that's what I do. Um, And when I had more of that hands-on experience, that made all the difference uh, for me. And I don't suggest anyone to outsource PPC right off the bat. Because um, if you do that, I think it's really hard to even tell, like, what is the other party even doing? Um, It's better if you have some hands-on experience yourself first. And when you have a good grasp, uh, then you can think, okay, maybe I can outsource or use Helium 10 Atomic to give you that uh, automation and a bit of a boost.
0: Okay. What about, just let's go down more specific. Like, let's talk auto campaigns, for example. You know, auto campaigns is... Is something that people just said, all right, I'm just gonna turn this on and and uh put my budget and that's all I need to to do. But obviously that's that's not the you know, that's not the case. What are some of your tips for for how people should start the auto campaign and then how they they kind of can tweak it going forward?
1: The first thing that you need is a full day budget. So I know that a lot of beginners, um, if you are on a budget, it may be kind of hard to put down a full day budget. But when I say a full day budget, what I mean is You have to put in enough money where your ads are running through the entire day. And the reason why we do that and the reason why I teach that is because if your budget is running out at like 12 p.m., you're missing out on the rest of the sales throughout the day. And also that will slow down your entire launch because you need a lot of keywords through your automatic campaign Mm -hmm. uh, to see which keywords are working. The second thing that I suggest for running automatic campaigns is to make sure that you are optimizing your automatic campaign uh, frequently so a lot of people they think that they can just run an automatic campaign and just leave it there and never check it for an entire month. Um, that is actually completely wrong because what starts to happen is that a lot of bad keywords may come into your automatic campaign and then it will be impossible to know which words are converting to put into a manual campaign. So what i like to do is optimize my automatic campaign once a day or once every two days. That way, if I catch any bad keywords, I can put it into the negative right away and not spend any more money on it.
0: Cool. Cool. I like it. Now, how does it differ? Like your PPC strategy still just sticking on the auto campaign for like when you first launch, as opposed to like, now you've been, you know, You've been out there for like you know three months like you're pretty you're probably a little bit more you know you understand that you can you, or you're more willing to lose money a little bit or to be you know to not make profit in the beginning right but like where do you draw the line where you're like all right now i need to get my a cost under 20 percent or whatever your target is
1: if your product is not a good product ppc a cost is going to be very very hard for you to bring down because if your a cost is super high Usually that can mean that your product is just very, very competitive. So customers are clicking on your ad, but they don't decide to buy and they click on someone else's product to buy their product. Therefore your a cost will keep going up. So you end up with a bunch of clicks, a lot of advertising spend, and then no sales. So your a cost will go up. Um, But I think where you draw the line would be to give it at least two to three months and that includes running a full budget on automatic campaign and knowing how to start a manual campaign. So you can actually uh, try to rank a lot of your keywords onto the first page.
0: Now, what other kind of campaigns other than auto are, are, are you using actively in your Amazon accounts?
1: So I like to use manual, broad and phrase within the first one to two months before jumping into a manual exact. And here is why. So the first 30 days when you have a new product and you want to launch it using PPC, um, which I advise everyone to do because nowadays you should not be doing anything black hat or crazy or, you know, trying to cheat the system. Um, we need enough organic keyword data from the automatic campaign to build the broad and phrase campaign. And with these three campaigns, automatic broad and phrase, I like to use them more for longer tail keyword research. So I'm getting a lot of the longer tail keywords which usually end up with a lower a cost, and then with those winning keywords, I then build my exact match campaign which will be used to rank to page 1. So we're looking at this where it's like, okay, the first one to two months it's all about just finding the winning keywords. And then um, when you're two to three months in, this is when it's like, okay, I know which keywords work. I know which one has a low A cost. I know which ones convert really well. Let's try to take that to page one aggressively using exact match.
0: What about, are you doing anything that's exclusive to, you know, to brand registered sellers, like, uh, you know, sponsored uh, brand ads, sponsored display, things like that?
1: I don't do too much of the brand registry side. Um, The reason why is because I found that a lot of beginners, um, even if it's your first year selling on Amazon, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now, you know, you're in your first year or maybe even two years. uh, The biggest mistake that I've seen new sellers make is they think that with brand registry, they're automatically going to take off or triple their sales type of thing. But I'm here to tell you that that's not necessarily true because a lot of my students who started selling even within the first half year, they don't have brand registry and they're still able to make a few thousand dollars every single month. Um, So I never like to kind of give off the impression that brand registry is something that you need. I mean, I think like down the line, when you're selling consistently, you should get brand registry. But if you're like a beginner and you're in your first half year of selling. It's not something that I would focus on, let's just say.
0: I know when I go on your channel or your YouTube channel, like some of the videos that probably do the best are the ones when we talk, talk about product research. So just, you know, just out of curiosity, in the last year, since we talked last, it's a different world that we're living in now due, due to COVID. But now things are you know kind of getting back to uh, normal uh, little by little. So so how would you. How do you help people to to get, uh, you know, to find the products? Like what, let's talk about what are the the characteristics, I guess, maybe of what would indicate to you opportunity or what, what would be a potentially good product to look into?
1: When it comes to product selection, what has worked really well that I have found um, is that when you look for a product to sell on Amazon, it cannot have too much competition like what i said earlier but it also cannot have too little competition so the biggest mistake that i've seen was that um beginner sellers especially they think they have like this cool idea in mind but the problem with just randomly thinking about cool ideas in mind um it doesn't necessarily mean that that product is going to sell well so there is a specific criteria that i've been laying out for my students saying, Hey, like, if you're thinking about launching this new product, even during the pandemic, um, there has to be a good amount of revenue on the market, because if there's not enough revenue, then it's hard for you to take a piece of the pie. So, um, that was one thing that I made pretty clear to people. And after they took into consideration about the monthly revenue and they should have a specific amount of monthly revenue. The winning products started to be easier for them to find
0: all right guys quick break from this episode for my bts bradley's 30 seconds here's my 30 second tip and it's going to be a little bit about product research you know we've we've talked in project x about hey you know do some research when you're on other websites you know like etsy and pinterest and things well guys don't forget that you know the helium 10 chrome extension demand analyzer works on different websites so find some product ideas from walmart.com. If you've done a search on Walmart or you go down a rabbit trail, right there on Walmart, you know, if you've got the Helium 10 Chrome extension installed, just hit the button and then you'll find what the demand is on Amazon. You know, do it on the same thing on Pinterest. Do it on Etsy. If you're on a Shopify website, make sure to use that Demand Analyzer Chrome extension and check out what the trending words on Amazon are for whatever page that you're on. You know, don't just limit your Amazon product research to Amazon Amazon. Get some inspiration from other websites and then instantly you can actually see what that demand is on Amazon with the Helium 10 Chrome Extension Demand Analyzer. What are some of your your recent keyword strategies? Like how do you choose, what are your your top keywords for your, your new product or your existing product?
1: When it comes to keyword research, I think that is one of the most important things that sellers have to consider. A lot of sellers think that A lot of reviews may make or break a product idea or they think like lack of differentiation or maybe a different reason. Um, But when it comes to keyword research, I think it's one of like the top most important things that you need to look into. Because if you are typing in a keyword into amazon.com and not enough people are searching for that specific keyword, it means that nobody wants that product. And if nobody wants that product enough, you are not going to make money. So, when it comes to keyword research, I like to find keywords where they are very specific to what I am selling. So, for example, I sell in the kids' um, toys category in Amazon, and a keyword like kids' toys is very generic, not specific. And if I look up kids' toys, that's, you know, the keyword is huge, tons of searches. But what we need to focus on is specific keywords related to. Kids' toys. So, what type of kids' toys am I selling? Um, I might be searching for sand toys for the beach or water toys for the park. So, it's more specific. Um, So, I would suggest sellers when they are choosing a product, um, make sure you're doing the keyword research where it actually specifically describes your product. Because remember, customers need to uh, be searching those specific keywords to make a purchase decision
0: you know, sometimes people might focus too much on keywords and then they don't uh, understand the kind of triggers that uh, kind of help a buyer like photography. So keywords is my favorite part of uh, of Amazon and so important to get discovered, but then people don't realize, I think that, hey, you can have the best keywords and optimize it, but then if, once people get to your listing, if it's crap, you know they're not going to buy your product regardless of what keywords you have. So like let's just talk about that part for a second. Um, the, the the obvious thing about the visual aspect of a Amazon listing is the photography. So let's say somebody is newer and maybe they can't afford to go get a one thousand dollar professional photo shoot or things like that. What are just some general tips though that a newer seller can 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 follow where they can still make sure their their photography is on point and and they're not like losing customers based on bad pictures.
1: Yeah. So when I first started, I was on a very tight budget because I came from a nine to five job and I wasn't getting paid too much. I actually did my Mm. photos myself. Um, I went onto Amazon and I bought something called like a photo light box where the background's all white. It has like this cool lighting and you would just take pictures with your product in this white background light box and it will turn out pretty decent. Now, Do I recommend that for everyone? Probably not. But you can actually find uh, freelancers on Upwork or Fiverr that charge you a lot less, maybe like a few hundred, maybe not even Maybe like 200 bucks, 300. uh, That will do your images for you, plus edit them. um, And that way you don't have to spend like $1,000. But I have to say, if you guys do have the investment, the photos that cost a lot do look Really, really good. So, um, I don't think it's required to spend that much, especially if you're like a newbie, but you still want photos to tell a story. um, And that tells the customer, okay, this is what my product does. This is how big it is. Um, Add some lifestyle photos, make sure it's edited, make sure it's on a white background. As long as you have like the basics, I think you can get away with uh, like a cheaper kind of deal for images.
0: Do you have a a formula you usually use or or teach?
1: Yeah. So one of the most common questions that people ask me is, am I allowed a model with my product as my main image? Now that actually is against terms of service. You're not supposed to add like a baby or like a human or something with your product, but a lot of people do it. So um, I actually want to make clear that you're not supposed to do it. And when you see other people doing it, just leave them alone because eventually maybe their listing will get suppressed or taken down. But your main image is the most important, especially if you want to uh rank your product using PPC and launch using PPC. The main image is the most important um, because that will uh let the customer choose, like, oh, should I click on it or should I not? Like, do I like like this main image or do I not? So I would say the first three images should be just the product only different angles of the product uh, maybe different lighting and including the size and for lifestyle I like to add two images and then for the other additional uh, one or two images I like to put some benefits or what I have found work best is a comparison photo so I actually just did a YouTube video on uh, product images but long story short, comparison photos I find work really well. So for example, the left side will be my product and what it can do. And then on the right side of the same image, it will be about my competitors' product and what they don't have.
0: Completely switching gears here. You know, you've obviously you're you're a perfect example of what I'm about to talk about, but you know, you you leverage your your own knowledge about what you were doing with Amazon and, and turned it into a successful uh, you know, coaching course and and you you become like a YouTube personality and and you've you know, you, you have a, you know, a, an income stream that, you know, makes as much or even more than your Amazon business, thanks to it. And you talked about a couple of your students have, have done, you know, maybe they're not on your level yet, but they've done something similar, and, you know, now, now they're starting to do coaching and then they start their own YouTube channel. So t- let's just talk about that for a second. Like, you know, some people think, oh, I can never, you know, teach somebody else or I have to make $10 million on Amazon before anybody will take me seriously. I mean, you started your journey when you, when you just started, you know, you weren't even barely doing six figures yet. And and you were able to, you know, to start uh, a footing on there. So like, what, at what point do you suggest that somebody should start, you know, building their social media presence or in order to maybe take that next step down the road of being, you know, able to have a, a, a course, like, do you think that maybe people should just start documenting their journey, even when they're first starting, or they should wait a few months or, or how can people follow in your footsteps, I guess?
1: Yeah, so for me, I started my YouTube channel um first by just documenting everything. Like if you guys go back to my YouTube channel back in 2018, I believe I started in July 2018. I was just, you know, just giving out tips and random things here and there, but I had no intention of teaching. That was actually not my goal. I did not want to teach. I did not want to coach. Um, that was not something that was even like On my radar. But what happened was, I started getting a lot of subscribers. They kind of found me and they were like, hey, you know what? Can you show me how to do this? Can you show me how to uh, rank keywords? Can you show me product research? So I started doing tutorials and then I got more traction. And I thought, you know what? I actually really like doing this because when I see other people succeed from a place from where I was at, that makes me feel really good. So that's the reason how the coaching thing kind of all started. But I didn't start coaching and I didn't start a course until after I found a way to make over $10,000 in profit every month with just one product. So I found my winning product and I'm like, you know what? I think I finally got this right after losing thousands of dollars and making all of those mistakes in 2017. And then after that, I started teaching people creating a course. Um, But I have to admit, that if I had a job, or if I had other personal commitments, there was no way I would have been able to coach or to start a course. So I personally don't think that a course or coaching is meant for everyone, especially if you are someone that is more behind the scenes and you have other things going on in your life because having a coaching program um, and a course and a channel and Facebook and people messaging you, it's a full-time job. Like it is just like Amazon. I know a lot of people say, Oh, like why do Amazon sellers become coaches? Um, you know, like maybe I can do it too. And sometimes there's negativity built around that. But the truth is it's no easier than selling on Amazon. I promise you that much (laughs) having a coaching program, becoming a coach, having a YouTube channel and constantly working at it every day, making sure people are happy, making sure people are getting results and putting content out there and, you know, everything that comes with coaching, it's a full-time job.
0: Would you suggest that to be the path of others? Like where, how you started on, on YouTube first, you know, some people do it on Instagram. uh, Some people start on YouTube and then what was your first, you know, after YouTube, like how did you first start your course or, or was it coaching first or was it the course first? Uh, or what, what, what was next after, after building that YouTube audience?
1: Oh my gosh, you're Mm -hmm. bringing back memories for me. Um, so I started my YouTube channel and I started getting subscribers and people just commenting really nice comments and stuff. So I actually started, um, coaching calls. I made a website and I'm like, Hey, if you want me to coach you for an hour, Uh here's like a fee kind of thing. But what happened was that, that picked up so quickly that I couldn't do 20 calls a day anymore. So I started funneling people from YouTube into my Facebook group. And then now everybody's chatting yeah. within the same platform and it made everything a lot easier. And then when they were asking me like, Hey, can I get some training? Um, instead of doing everybody individually, I packaged all my knowledge into an online course where I was now, um, group coaching everyone. And we do have uh, live mm-hmm. calls still, but instead of doing it individually, we now do it as a group, which in my opinion, helps so much more because now if let's say Susie asks a question and Bob was thinking the exact same thing, now they can both exchange their knowledge. So um, that's kind of how it happened.
0: For your course, how do you host it? Like, like, is it a, is it a, you know, it's not like a Shopify obviously. So what is the service uh, on how you, somebody could get a course uh, up? You know, I know there's, you know, there's, there's ones where there are big communities like Udemy or something like that, but, but you, you have your own, fully mm-hmm. private kind of course, like, uh, how, how can somebody find out software to, to host something like that?
1: So I host my course on teachable.com. But my course has changed a lot over the last year. So when I first started the course in 2018, I was accepting anyone and everyone because I thought, wow, this is so great to have people learn about this business model. And I was making some side income from it. And it was just very nice. But what I realized the last year was that, quite honestly, not everybody is fit to do Amazon FBA. So sometimes people prefer to do something else. And when I get the wrong people on board with my course, I feel like it's not really helping them. So instead of what I did the last half year now, I think like just over half a year, um, people actually have to book a consultation before getting entry to my course, because that way I know that, okay, they are serious. They are ready. They have the right investments, the right mindset. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is instead of them picking me, I'm kind of picking them now. So it's um, pretty cool how my course and coaching program kind of evolved over the last half year. And um, now when people join, it's just, we're all making sure that everyone's kind of like on the right path. But one of the most challenging things about having a course is you have to have an audience as well. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges for people who do want to start a course, not just like an Amazon course, but even like a Shopify course or maybe like a uh, relationship dating course or whatever it is that you guys are into. Um, The biggest thing is you have to have an audience because if you don't have an audience, uh, who's going to watch you and pay for your course? So it all comes down to investing. Um, a lot of your personal time, like I mentioned earlier, a lot, a lot, a lot of your personal time to creating content for free. You're doing everything for free upfront, trying to attract the right audience because only with an audience, people will pay you money for coaching.
0: All right. Well, what's the, what's the future uh, hold for you either with your, your Amazon, you know, successful Amazon business, successful coaching business, uh, any new plans or just going to continue to scale what you're already doing?
1: Oh man, Bradley. Um, this year we have already hired five people, I think. So the Amazon side of things, it's growing the coaching side of things. It's growing. I feel like I'm one of the very fortunate entrepreneurs in this space where things are just looking up for me. And I just need additional help now. Like I have an assistant for almost everything that I do almost. So Um, it's hard to say because I'm at this place in my life now where things are moving up and I'm still trying to organize everything where if I can outsource something, I'm going to outsource it and leave my time to do what only I can do. And that is providing my knowledge because I can't just transfer my knowledge to someone else. Um, providing my knowledge, helping the students, um, maybe looking into launching more products, but probably not until later this year. We just want to see uh, more things kind of loosen up with COVID and all that craziness. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. So it's just been really crazy onboarding new hires uh, because everything's like just kind of blowing up here. So
0: what's some exciting things that you're going to be, be doing like, you know, now that the world's opening up again, um, you know, you're making tons of money from both Amazon and, and, and coaching and you know, you have maybe you haven't been able to spend it as much as you would, because you know, it's been kind of hard to travel and stuff like that. Any fun trips planned this year, or fun purchases, or anything like that?
1: Bradley, I still need to go to Helium yes. Ten headquarters because we've been planning that since last I know. summer, dude.
0: Well, that's why I was asking you if if they if they're letting you Canadians get out there yet. Uh, hopefully July. You know, July you should try and come to the Prosper Show if in Vegas, if that's ah uh, if if things are open up for you.
1: I would love. To see everyone. I would love to go to the prosper show. Um, I was supposed to go to, um, a few other events too, but I guess to answer your question, once everything is opened and not restricted, I I'm just going to start randomly booking trips, man.
0: All right. Well, maybe you'll be the first to ever be on the show four times, you know, sometime in 2022, it'd be great to catch up and, and see what, you know, how your strategies and, 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 you know, things have evolved over the next year because one thing we all, I think we all know that the only thing consistent on Amazon is change. And so, you know, two years ago, if I were to ask you these same questions I did today about your auto campaign strategy and and keywords and different things like that, a lot of this probably, you know, you weren't doing two years ago because we have to kind of like, uh, you know, adapt. And, and, um, and so it'd be great to, you know, reach out to you next year and then see, you know, what new strategies you have for us and, and see uh, maybe, maybe you bought some new houses or some new cars or, or something too to help inspire some of our people who are just getting started.
1: I really want the Mercedes G63, the G-Wagon.
0: All right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, you're going to have to, <laughs> if, if I visit you guys up there, you're going to have to pick me up uh, from the airport in that so I can uh, I could uh, look like oh, I'm I an will. Instagram uh, influencer or something. Well, thanks Tamara for joining us and we'll see you back next year.
1: Thanks Bradley. Bye.